Guys, I want to thank the sponsors of the podcast. I want to thank GoHunt.com, my friend Cody Nelson, the glassing guru, the optics authority. He's the optics manager at GoHunt.com. If you have any interest in buying optics or have any glassing questions, whether it be tripods, spotting scopes, rifle scopes, range finders, anything to do with glassing, give Cody a call, 702-847-8747, that's extension 2, or you can email him at optics at gohunt.com. You can also send him a text or call him on his cell phone at 602-399-3699. Guys, right now at GoHunt.com Insider, you can take advantage of the free trial. Go to GoHunt.com forward slash Scott. You're going to be able to take advantage of a free trial of the Insider. GoHunt is always adding more value for their Insider members. They've now added real 3D maps as a part of Insider for no additional cost. What an incredible value. Very soon, they're going to have their mobile app up as well. Go to GoHunt.com forward slash Scott and sign up for a free trial. If you're already an Insider member, it's automatically part of your Insider membership. And you can just go to the Maps tab up at the top once you sign in as an Insider. I also want to thank Kuyu Ultralight Hunting. That's the gear that I wear on all of my hunts. To find out more, you can go to KUIU.com, Kuyu.com. They're a direct-to-consumer company. They sell everything off of the Kuyu.com website. I also do a lot of question and answer on my Instagram where I'm answering questions about guys wanting to know about gear about Kuyu, so tune into my Instagram. I want to thank Kuyu for their sponsorship. I also want to thank Phonescope.com. Use the JScott20 promo code. You're going to get a 10% discount on all orders. Again, thanks to all the sponsors of my podcast. Guys, welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. We're here actually in my backyard doing a COVID-19 approved <laughs> podcast. We're all six exactly feet. six feet apart. Yeah. I've got uh, Cody Nelson here from GoHunt.com, the glassing guru. It's good to see you, buddy. Good to see you. This is awesome. It's uh, Cody's uh, 50th birthday today. Yeah, it's uh, the big 5-0. What does that mean we've known each other then? Probably uh, almost 30 years? You were probably in your... Ni- about 1996? 95? Okay. Because you maybe... Uh, when when did you graduate college? 96. So it, you could, And when were you at, at, at uh, Wildlife Images? The, the winter of 95 yeah. and yeah. 6? Th- that's It was 95 and 96. Okay, perfect. Yeah, there you C- go. Happy birthday, buddy. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Glad to have the glassing guru here. We also have Tom McKenna, Southwest Territory Sales Rep for Swarovski Optic. Good to have you, Tom. Good to have you guys. Tom? Good to be here. Tom? Yeah. Tom? yeah. We haven't had Cody. Tom on thank the podcast. You, I'm excited about this. And uh, we've got Poppy Scott. She is supervising, <laughs> making sure we're all... Six feet apart. Yep, making sure we're all uh, Quite the six pup. feet apart part for sure she is she's my guard dog and um that's quite a glassing buddy you got there you know i had her uh gene brought her up for four or five days at the ot six ranch and i took her out with me several days glassing one day i decided to take her and try and get right in the middle of some elk and just see what she would do and (laughs) 
She literally, I had elk. I was, I was uh, phone scoping elk at, you know, 100, 125 yards away and they're bugling around us. And she was just laying in my lap and she actually did phenomenal. I thought she was going to growl or bark. And we had one bull walk, you know, probably 40 or 50 yards from us bugling, just coming from kind of our left or right to left. And she just watched him the whole time. She actually, her ears perked up and I looked over and he was coming in right here. So she saw him first. Um, but yeah, she's been, she's a seven think, and a half pound multi poo attack dog. Yeah. She knew her, she knew well, she didn't have a but chance. You know what's funny though is, <laughs> is I think it's, I think it's interesting that, you know, there's quite a few guys that I know that hunt with dogs. Yeah. I mean, they bring the, you know, their, their pets along and I don't yeah. know what you want to call them, but you know, cattle dogs or whatever, but, um, those dogs take cues pretty good. They know that I think they kind of sense it. Yeah. So, and they're, you know, I guess some of them are like, hey, dad's sneaking around and maybe mm. I should be sneaking around. Not, not my dogs. My dogs would be out on the run, <laughs> gone. My, my little <laughs> chewini would try to take on a full bull. That's it. That's on. Yeah. yeah. We hike this uh, mountain here behind the house. There's a trail. You can gain almost a thousand feet of elevation and so many times on the trail we'll run into people and they'll say, oh, your dog's so cute. Does she literally hike the whole way up, you know, but what they don't realize is, you know, in Colorado, you know, some days we'll gain, you know, 1,500, 2,000 foot of elevation at, you know, nine to awesome. 11,000 right. feet and Poppy's with her mom. She's used to doing, you know, five miles a day at least, but i um, glad to have you guys here today. Um, you know, it's been a very interesting year, but for me as a consumer, <laughs> say that <laughs> other than all the COVID stuff from a consumer standpoint, uh, with Swarovski optic being someone that's loved Swarovski as long as I've, ha as I have from my perspective as a consumer, what an amazing year with the release of the NL pures and with the release of the new 115 objective lens. Um, it, it's, as I've said before on my Instagram and on this podcast, it's kind of hard for me to believe that two things of that magnitude that are, are and will impact and have already impacted the market as, as good as they have um, get released basically in the same time frame. Right. And it, it's just awesome. I can't wait to talk about them today. I've had a chance to use them uh, all of this elk season and, and really get a good sense and feel for, for the line and, and you know, the qualities that they possess. So it's going to be awesome to talk to you both about it. I yeah. know, I know people out there, both podcast listeners and Instagram followers, you know, have really been wanting to have this conversation. So I thought it was a perfect uh, mix to have Tom well, come over and, and talk with you and I, Cody, on this. Yeah, I mean, I, and the fact that you're here today, it's awesome, Tom. I, I, and we've talked about it so much. And I actually kind of like the fact that we're doing this podcast with a little bit of time for us to digest some of this. And, you know, me on the front lines with the sales and, you know, obviously Tom with all the vendors and what he's hearing. And and I think it's it's kind of a little different, maybe a little backwards of sometimes what we would try to do. And uh, so I, I'm very interested to, to go through this and, and certainly have come up with some of my own opinions and, and, uh, and I know Tom has. So, yeah, this is uh, I think this is awesome. Well, I think it would it takes a little bit of time to to digest what we did. Anyways, we came out with three separate binoculars in the NL pure line and we have an objective that attaches to three different eyepieces so there's a lot to look yeah. at i mean you and can't we could have done a quick and down and dirty and just looked at it and and that was all we got but I, I would 
would have wanted to put all three in the field as far as binos, get to the objective out there with all three eyepieces, really digest what I'm seeing, study them, you know, and then make, you know, make the statements that we make. Yeah. And, you know, for me, not Swarovski, obviously the name alone brings the quality. Um, it always has. And that's what separated Swarovski yep. from a lot of the other products out there. And having myself use the generations of, you know, from pretty much every binocular and every um, spotting scope out there from, you know, years and years, it, it, the thing that strikes me as well as the quality, obviously we'll get to that, but the modularity, you talk about the modularity with the objective lenses where you've got the 65, yep. the 85, yep. the 95, and now the 115. Mm -hmm. And in a sense, you could also say with the ELs and with the NLs, you have that that modularity in the fact that you have, not that the other brands don't, you have all of the different niches in my mind covered, whether it be, you know, from an eight power binocular to a 15 power binocular, sure. um, the ability for a user to have, you know, the ability to shift and and say go with the 65 because they're going to go on a doll sheep hunt right. where they need you know as much weight uh cutting uh potential as possible or where they're going to be doing stuff where the 115 i mean there's so much you can do with having one eyepiece and mm -hmm. then throw in the fact that you've got right. the the atx the stx and the btx right that right. throws a whole nother sense of sure. modularity with being able to use yep. the btx with both eyes open um pretty phenomenal um, I'd like to just start out and kind of dive in, starting with the NL Pures first, and talk to you, Tom, from your perspective. Uh, when you first kind of started hearing about these NL Pures, um, I've been fortunate myself uh, to go back to Swarovski, uh, back to Austria three three different times, uh, and you know, kind of have been briefed on how important keeping things quiet, mm -hmm. how important, uh, you know, that sense of what we're doing here is, is very top secret. When you first started hearing about the NL Pure line, what were some of the things that were going through your mind? And then once the NL Pures came to fruition and you got them in your hand, what was the same or what was different from, you know, what you had hoped, what you expected? <laughs> um, and, and, you know, or were you blown away even more than what you thought? Well, I have to say that initially, uh, well, not even initially, we, we, as far as reps were, we were kept in the dark pretty much right up to the end. So we didn't even, I mean. And, and uh, I hate to cut you off, but I've had so many people say, why didn't you tell me? I'm like, I'm a consumer. We I didn't even I know. I didn't know. So yeah, it's, it's interesting to hear yeah. you as a rep didn't even yeah, know. We didn't know. They, they have, you know, things get compartmentalized really deeply when it's something this cutting edge, this new. And we are the last pretty much to know. We, we had gotten, you know, we get first glimpses just shortly before the release. You know, we got sampled just right at the release. I mean, they were literally landing at our doorstep the day the emails were going out and stuff. Yep. So, um, the, I guess the thing that probably came to mind right from the beginning was, how can you make it any better than the EL anyway? That's it what had, I thought. The first thing I heard was like, how can you make the best yeah. binocular ever better? Right. I mean, it already had HD lenses in it. The Swore Vision lens, the field flattening lens is incredible anyways. The edge-to-edge -edge clarity, the, the weight, the balance, everything about it is is top notch. How can you make that any better anyways? 
You know, you can't. But I we've mean, done that. We we've done that when I've when the SLCs and then there. somebody's like, oh, well, they, you know, they came out with the EL, and I remember. I, I I can't. What was it? Fourteen ninety nine, and, and people are like, "There's no way they're going to pay that for a binocular." Right. Right. And I mean, Look, the my sales history alone. goes back farther than that. Even yeah. my history goes back to when SLCs were nine ninety nine, and that's when I got into exactly. this optics game. You know, and and at that time, it was still the cutting edge. I mean, roof prism glass was really just taking off, and and that roof prism glass was the best. That I was mean, my I, first pair of Swarovskis was a 10 by 42 SLC. SLC, yeah. Light green and armor yep. and, you know, and, and the, nobody, that, I mean, it was mind-blowing at that time. And it's like, how are you going to make that any better? And I was there for the first EL. And it was like, oh, my gosh, we just made it better. Now, th- this is it. This is the top. There is no more top. And then. Yeah. And then, never say never with Never Swarovski. say never, right. We came out with the, you know, the HDs. In the ELs with the field flattening lens, and then it was SLCs got HD, and now you know we're here with the NL, and the NL <laughs> it completely changes everything, and it is, I mean, it's the creme de la creme. Well, it's, I, I, and I'm gonna, I've been, hopefully, I've been coining this phrase, but it's virtual glassing to me with the field of view of these. Agreed, things. I it, would agree. It's, I, I, I've never seen anything like it. I've never put a glass to my eye that even remotely came to the same right. table. An, as an as analogy that I think of is like when you're watching a game, you know, you're watching a game, and then when you put up the NL Pure, you're like in the game. Oh, well, that's that would be like absolutely. the difference between watching a baseball game on TV, got a frame around it, right. and then being at the game. We're now at the game. Right. We've lost the frame. And and the thing is, is like you recognize that, Cody, and you recognize that, Jay, because you've looked at a lot of optics over the years and stuff. The average consumer doesn't recognize that immediately. They don't really look at edge-to-edge, edge-to-edge clarity or edge-to-edge in general. They're like focused on the very center, and that blows their mind. But then when you introduce them to the lack of frame, their mind's double-blown. Yeah. Yeah, it it's an in, yeah i mean the phenomenon is the 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 people that we you know have gotten their e, you know their nls to they call you up and they're like you just like like man you downplayed this and i'm yeah. like no i didn't no it's i mean it's hard to put it into words it is really so and, and well, i'm acutely aware of that edge to edge and edge to edge clarity and that framing and that field of view and stuff cuz quite honestly that's where you judge a glass anyways it's pretty easy for every manufacturer, no matter who they are, to get the center. And some kind of miss it, but they can get the center clear. Now, we're not talking about color. We're not talking about, uh, you know, contrast but, and things like that. But just getting that part in focus, right. pretty easy to do. Now, get it all the way to the edge. There's where the challenge comes in. Keep that keep that same purity all the way through. right through it. Yep. And so when I pick up a glass, uh, any glass, competitor, our own, whatever, first thing I'm looking at is the edge. I know we did the, the middle right. right, but I want to see what we did to the edge. You're going to the weakest link, if you Pretty will, much. and test it on the weakest Correct. link and see yeah. what happens. Yeah, because that's where it's going to be judged by is the weakest right. port. Cody, same question to you. Tom saying he doesn't, didn't get very much notice, which you know I've heard from – Trent Swanson and some mm-hmm. of the other um, reps as well, and same thing. So I was curious how you would answer it. Um, your thoughts, Cody, when you first heard about NL Pure specifically from a well, dealer and someone that talks to the customer every day, what were your thoughts? 
my my first thoughts are is like, holy cow, I, you know, I've got all these guys that were buying the NLs and interest in the NLs, and now I've got two to choose from, and so you mean the ELs? I'm sorry, ELs and NLs, yeah. and so you you start, you, you literally, st- and and I don't know that you have to have a a game plan or like a sales pitch because I don't think these things have to have quote unquote a sales pitch. They sell themselves pretty much. So I, I mean, you, what you're saying though but, is when you're telling like, someone this is the I best ex- binocular ever made. How do I explain do, this right. to somebody? How, how do, do I put that? this into words so that you know the old versus the new and what this truly means to you, and then what it's going to do for you, you know, going forward. Now, the one that blew me away, and that I completely did not expect, is the 1242. Mm-hmm. The, the the one that I was shocked at when I saw the numbers. Because I'm thinking 842, and I'm looking at the specs, and I'm like 1042, and immediately my eye goes to 12. I'm like 1242. Mm-hmm. Like wh- you're like, like that, how that, can you do anything in a 42 of because that it, magnification? It goes against every goes mathematical against right. thing that we know about optics. Right. Exit people, and they're like, oh, well, that can't. You know, how's it going to compete with the 1250? And how, you know, and I immediately was like, well, and Tom, I, f- I think when you and I first knew and we could put in orders and do the whole thing i doubled down it was like i think i tripled down because the 1242 was going to throw so many people into a different you know it was going to take the the 1250 guys and lighten the load and Mm -hmm. then it was going to take the tens and draw those guys out of the tens because now you've got to feel the view that matches the 10 that's better than the tens right so, but more magnification. More magnification. Yeah. And then you throw the headrest in. That yeah. They could, I mean, it was just like this. It completely blew me away. Like, I was shocked. So, as a consumer, I was too. I was, you know, because I've been so proud of the 10 by 42 EL as, as a chest binocular for mm-hmm. so many years. And have, you know, really hung my hat on just being able to tell people it's the best binocular in my opinion the 10 by 42 el is the best binocular ever made i would until until i look through these nls right because it's a game changer in but itself. it's 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 almost like you know when you're super proud of that muscle car or you know you're just <laughs> yeah. you're, you're head over heels with something and something better comes out you're almost there's almost a part of loyalty with me that's like man it you know, you almost have to get over it until yeah. you go drive it. Right. Until you well, you're put, like until, hypercritical on it. Yeah. yeah. And it's no way it could be yeah, better. No it's it's got to be. It's there's no way. This until you put them up to your eye like, and then you're right, like, I gotta okay. Admit it. Yeah. 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 Um, let's go through real fast. So we've talked about the eight power, the 10 power and the 12 power. Uh, if you guys will a little bit, talk a little bit about the specs. The interesting thing is I'm looking at them right here. We've got the 8s, the 10s, and the 12. And to the eye, they are all generally, like, I don't know that I could reach over and grab and say, hey, Jake, grab the 8s, grab the 12s. They're exactly the same size, same weight, same everything. I think that's the the thing that is most alarming. I mean, it's alarming, but it's pleasing to me is, is that you are getting a binocular that is uniform, slimmer. Mm-hmm. And and actually, I always tell people, okay, have you ever felt like the eight by thirty two ELs? And they're like, yeah, that feels really nice in my hands. Well, I don't know how they did it, but ergonomically speaking, this is what they feel like. They're they're slimmer and mm-hmm. they're and so you've taken three models, 
and you've put them in, I think, Tom, it's 29 and a half and 30 ounces. Yeah, they're all in that they're, same. They're all within yeah. that same. Yeah, 29 and a half and 30. So that's the first thing is, is that you're getting that performance out of, you know, a piece of glass that's 30 ounces. I mean, let's just call it 30 ounces. Right. But that that was the most alarming thing to me is how slender they feel mm-hmm. with being that size. I have to admit, though, when I saw the launch, um, Dean uh, mm-hmm. Capiano sent the um, launch, if you will, and I watched the one from Austria, and then I watched the North American launch, and they were talking about the ergonomics. This is before I have them in my hands. And I got to be honest, as a consumer, I'm thinking, well, yeah, it sounds great, but, you know. I, yeah, you like know, how important how is important that? How important is exactly. that right, until right. they came in the box and I opened it up, and the very first thing I thought is, I've never felt anything like well, this. That's what right. I t- well, that's <laughs> that, that, that necked down hourglass type figure that, of these exactly. bodies, these tubes it's, by the new technology I've that's never in seen there. Anything like it. Fits in the crab claw of your hand yep. like it was designed that way. Yeah. Oh, it was. Yeah. You know, and that's just it. It fits in that that grip. We we all have a grip that's just like that, and it just fits right around it. And that was the the very first impression out of the box in my hand. Is like, wow, yeah. that fits like a boot that yeah. was made for my foot. Yep. Yeah. Immediately, and then everything else got blown even wider open as soon as I looked through it. Well, I mean, like I have custom-made 1911s that fit my hand right. Yeah, and, that's know, there's and, just something about you know, it. That's that feel. And, and then I put those in my hands, and Tom was right there when I did it, and I was like, "Holy cow!" I'm like, I, I've never felt anything like this. The very this. first impression is because if you're holding it from the objective end, like the actual end of the objective is like, "Huh, that looks weird." Yeah. And then you put it in your hand, and you're like, uh, "Oh, makes sense. I got it." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And your finger falls in the right spot for the focus. And I mean everything. The, everything about it is made to fit the human. It there's no doubt that they really spent some time um, making those ergonomically correct, if you will. Right. When you talk about the thirty ounces, you talk about the eights, the tens, and the twelve. Then we start the very next thing that jumps out that I was hearing is field of view. Right. And I haven't, field even, of view haven't even put them up to my eye yet and hearing the field of view on the 8s, 10s, and 12, and I'll have you give the actual, actual stats for yeah. me. Um, then I put them up to my eye, and it's like, oh. Yeah. Well, that's where, the fra- that's where the frame went away. <laughs> yeah. There's no frame on our view anymore. Well, you can't it, hardly look to the edge and find it. You're, like, trying to virtual. get out of it. It's virtual. It's virtual. Yeah. And that's truly it. So, you know, the prior to these NLs, the the widest field of view we had in any binocular was the 832EL, 423 feet at 1,000 yards. has been the widest all along. Um, And now with the NL, we blew that apart. So the 842NL has a field of view of 477 feet at 1,000. Which, yeah. uh, I mean, that's 155 yards or something. And then it's. It's three ninety nine on the ten, at a thousand three hundred ninety nine, well, and then it's uh, three thirty nine on the twelve. And so each each one of them replaces its res- the next power down respectively in it, the EL series. Right. And I think the EL ten is ten uh, three hundred thirty six feet. Correct. The twelves are three thirty nine in the NL pure. Right. So now you get two more power, but you get three more feet. Right. And you go well, three more feet. 
you get two more power. Yeah, at the same time. At yeah. the same time. Yeah, same and, time. And that's Game what, changer. Yeah, that's what threw it off for me. The 12 by 42s. Then I started thinking, okay, because I have the 1250s yeah. um, and used them for years. And I started thinking, all right, 12 by 42, you've got 12 power, but only 42 millimeter objective. That's going to be a light gathering problem. Could be mathematically speaking. That's yep. what that's if what you my look initial before that's, I looked that's was exactly thinking. Exactly what I was thinking. And that is, in, in mathematically speaking, there's no two ways about it. The 1242 NL, it mathematically speaking, has a a smaller light column to the eye than a 1250. Right. But 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 the but is the clarity level. Right. The the contrast clarity, the all of those things that we look at uh, in judging a glass by its performance level are upped so i don't necessarily need more light to accomplish the same job if the clarity is there well and for me the, the biggest problem i had with the 12 by 50 els was that my hands forever have always have a little bit of shake to them mm -hmm. and so for a chest bino to be able to pop up and consistently glass with clients with the 1250s i just couldn't get my image just quite where I wanted it. Right. There was just a little bit of vibration from mm -hmm. my hands. Using the 12 by 42 NLs at the OT6 all of elk season in my ch chest uh, pouch, I was hand-holding them yeah. the whole time. Light, it's not, a lighter weight in a different balance. And I think, too, because of that wider field of view. Exactly. Oh, maybe it, so. It's, it's, that, it's that bigger it, image. Exactly. I'm not getting that. You don't see it as I don't see it. Don't see I may it. And still I see have yeah. obviously my hands shake the same amount, yeah. but I was able to handhold the twelve by forty twos, um the the NL pure yeah. perfectly. Prior not to have any issues. Prior to the NLs, I would have said that in my opinion, if you said you can only have one glass forever, I would have taken the twelve fifty. It's a compromise. I got more magnification and le but I got less field of view. And the the weight was better than a 15, you know, so, but it's a lower magnification. So there's compromises to be made along there, but in a pinch, I could handhold it. Not quite as good as I could a 10, right. but way better than a 15. Right. But if way I tripod, but if I tripod mounted it, Phenomenal. changes it all up again. So that would have oh. been my one in I, everything glass. And now I have to I, change I, that statement. It's funny that you guys are talking about this right now, because just yesterday I was talking to a very good climb line. Who had sent him a pair of 1242 uh, NLs, and he's like, "Yeah, I just, you know, I sent them up to him to, to you know, use them for the hunt." And that that person, who I'm pretty sure we all know, I'm not going to mention names because I don't, it doesn't matter. But the funnier part is, is the text that came back to the the client of mine said, "Well, you're not getting these back." <laughs> <laughs> and I just, and in in both of the people, if you're listening and you've heard this. I laughed about that like hysterically afterwards because I'm like, that is so this person to tell that person, yeah. sorry, bud, but you're not getting these I, back. I think I lost them oh, somewhere man. Yeah. in the snow. It, just, it made me laugh so hard because it's, it's true. And, but that should tell you that that person who I know has been a 15 and a, and a 10 guy. And, and bottom line was, he's like, well, no, I'm uh don't worry about it. I got this covered. Yeah, yeah, it is so, incredible. 
I'm, I'm curious what you guys are hearing out on the street as far as, you know, I know you're talking to vendors every day as well mm -hmm. as customers, Tom. Yeah. Cody, you're talking to customers 24-7. When it comes to the 8, the 10, and the 12 for the Western Hunter, what, as far as demand in your mind, well, it's, has there the been? It's the 12. And, and, and really, here's the thing. Is yeah, 100%. Well, I, now I'm sure that if you took some isolated areas sure there's southeast some... i mean that, that maybe some others are selling differently but for the i'm talking I, western hunt I, I would tell you that the 12s right now for me is i don't even know if the number i'm probably undershooting this but it's at least 12 to 1 12 yeah. to 1 oh i mean it, it, i mean it's probably more truthfully but i, I mean it's it's crazy and, and here's the thing the biggest thing that people are saying is, is that, and I'll use Brady as an example. Um, Brady and I always kind of, you know, razz each other about 12s versus 15s and, and whatever. And, and, you know, largely Brady likes to hunt, you know, mule deer and, and, and uh, you know, elk and antelope and whatnot. And, and I'm always kind of in the coos deer game. So naturally 15s are going to be my go-to. Right. And that makes sense. Depends upon the hunter, for sure. sure. But I called Brady the first second that I looked through the 1242s and I said, Brady, you're absolutely going to fall in love with these. Yeah. And yeah. the reason being is, is that all those guys that are trying to up their power game that were running tens and a spotting scope for backpacking. Now mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm talking a true Western hunting backpacking experience. Those are the guys that are absolutely going crazy about this. Right. Cause the only reason that they had that 10 was cause they needed that field of view. They, they needed right. the, the, yeah, because on they had, that, they had yeah, that, on that, their chest. That was, that was holding them back. Right. They couldn't, they, right. you know, they might go to a 12, right. but they were sacrificing and you could kind of tell that that, you know, was a bothersome thing to them. Well, now they got a twelve that they can handhold with the handrest, mm -hmm. and that they can they can put on a tripod if they need to. Right. And and now they've it's I mean and, and by the way the, it also the ounce counters like Trail and Brady and the sure. guys that you know I'm around all the time, those guys absolutely are like. What's well, lighter than the twelve fifty? It's lighter than the fifteen. It's smaller. It, I mean, it, yeah, there was no reason not. Why would you, you not do it? Right. Right. That's where the win-win-win and that whole thing is. Yeah, but, yeah, it, depending upon the hunter is going to depend upon what which one they're leaning. I, I if wish, I was a guy that was looking for just a purely hand glass, then I'd probably go with the 10. 10. If because I had that had, field of sure. view would have oh, been amazing. Blow, yeah, if I had had a little better forethought, I would have recorded a bunch of, a bunch of you know, like guys talking about it. Yeah. Because – it's almost like every time I have this discussion with a customer, you can all of a sudden go, oh. Yeah, they all have that moment. They, they have that moment where they're like, man, that's what's been holding me up this whole time. Like, now I can do that? Yeah. And they have this aha moment. And it's like, it, I mean, it is. It, it's every time it's the same path if you will that they come to and they go oh yeah this is this this yeah, is this that, is a all no of it makes sense it all makes sense and, oh, like, and by oh. the way at that very moment the idea of three thousand dollars goes completely out the window they don't well, even think about the price because they're well they're, they're, they've got new they've got new options yeah exactly and i think that they look at that you know if you looked at it say like price per option they're like oh that, that makes sense Yeah, I mean, I'm just sitting here thinking of how much, you know, use I got out of them this fall and how enjoyable those 12 by 42 
NLs were to look through. And it, 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 I've said it on my Instagram, in my opinion, the NLs are the new best binocular ever made. And obviously I want to get through coos deer season and sheep season and, you know, use them the entire time and, and really test them out on some different animals. But Mm -hmm. there's nothing in that I know now that tells me that there's, there's, there's no drawback to them. There's no weakness. I don't Mm -mm. see any flaw. Um, and quite honestly, they're better than the ELs. It's so hard for me to say that though, because the ELs have been just my love for, I mean, I can tell people a 10 by 42 EL, get it, best binocular ever made. Every single person that's got them calls up and says, sure. phenomenal. Right. You couldn't go wrong. I mean, couldn't it's not wrong. a mistake. You can't make a mistake yeah. with that. Um, okay, we've talked about, um, well. So w- one of the things, though, about the, the it's interesting because the question that I get that's a little bit more discerning even than the weight and the, and the ergonomics and the, you know, size of them mm-hmm. is then, you know, one of my, um, uh, first observations was, is that, you know, I, I got a chance to meet with Joe mm-hmm. and yeah. then you and I met a couple yeah. of different times. And so, um, you know, we, we were, we were comparing the eights and I took the eight and a half, uh, ELs. Yeah. I took the, uh, the eight NL Pures, and then an 842 SLC. And put them all across, boom, here you go. I had, uh, there was a, a trail placard. I want to say it was probably at 65 or 70 yards. Right, yep. And then we had a, a very large mountain view to look through. And what I found fascinating about that, that even though the eight and a halfs, and even though we're talking still about one of the best pieces of glass in the world, that the eights, I could read that placard and the very small writing, you know, uh, at the very bottom, you know, right, of right. land management, you know, whatever it was, um, I, I could read it better. I, 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 I mean, I can't explain to you exactly why. That's a clarity but I, I, level I should upgrade. have had a, a, a half of a, a magnification. Mm-hmm. advantage sure but i had more field of view and it, it and it was it, you know it, it maybe i i don't know it, it just the bottom line so you're was saying the eight pures the you eight could read, pure, read i better. could read better yeah i could read that placard better yeah you know across that desert flat and it was it was hands down which one was easier to read right and we did that exact same experiment with the 1250 and the 1242 NL same tripod, you know, set up on tripod, same thing, looking at that same placard and hands down, you could read it better with the, the the NL NL. than you could with the EL. And there's nothing wrong with the EL, but you just took it to the next level of clarity and just, it's like, you have a good prescription for your glasses, and then you have the right prescription right. for your glasses. Well, and and that's the thing is, is I've had people go, well, what are you saying, my 12s? I'm like, no, 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 no. no. I'm not No, I'm not saying they're bad and they underperformed. I'm just telling you that I, th- I, th- this was better. Right, 100%. How, yeah. I mean, I'm, it's, it ha- it's, it's just amazing to, to – to to put them out there and you think and somebody I've had people ask me well Cody you know well okay well give me a percentage 
Yeah, it's hard to quantify. I, I don't know. Is it? Is that a? I don't know. Is that a one percent or is that a five? Yeah, that's, that's I don't hard know. To how, I don't know what the percentage is. Uh, however, we did do the the. Uh, uh, we had a um, the. Uh, God, I can't even think resolution of the, the resolution chart. Yeah, Thank yeah. you. <laughs> so we had the resolution chart. Um, and the fact of it is, is that we could go deeper. On, right. On, 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 we, we could go deeper. Well, it was slightly deeper. You could resolve better, re- re- smaller on that, on that way the resolution chart is too. And it's broken down into those correct. smaller, you know, incrementally smaller sections. You could go further down that line. And exactly. that's, that's that taking it to that next level. That's why when I tell somebody, if they're going to look at a pair of glass, I don't care whose it is, any brand, look at letters. Because right. you know when they're clear. That's why the eye doctor uses an eye chart with letters on exactly. it. He doesn't use tree limbs, you know, because well, you it, know when the letters are right and you can read them. And that's why they also don't put words up there because your brain will read the word as opposed to read the individual letter. Instead of recognizing Correct. they just exactly. recognize the word. Rather Correct. Than, oh, yeah. You go, oh, yeah, read that line, red. Yeah. yeah, good. You're good yeah. to go. It, it, yeah. it was uh, <laughs> it, it was amazing. It was pretty apparent. And it and it, and I'm not talking about like you got halfway down the chart better, but I mean it was just incrementally. So I don't know. I guess I could go back and really put a percentage to that, but yeah, that's going to be hard it, to quantify anyways. It, it, but <clears throat> I mean, when we get into this level, everything is going to be incremental change. I mean, they're, they're, but those incremental changes, even that as small a change is a humongous leap in technology to get that little bit of change. Right. Sure. You know, that's well, just a fact of the matter. I, and people, again, people ask, well, Cody, what does that mean to me? Well, because they want you to put a, they want you to quantify they it want, in a yeah, way they, they can recognize. It, like it's going to buy you ten more minutes of life. They want to know if they're going to find more bucks right. or they're right. going to find more well, bulls. And and this is this is part of my answer to that. Is that the whole reason why we want the best glass we can use is why, so that that our eyes are not focusing and refocusing and mm-hmm. and changing all the time because of the Straining. optics. We want as less the least amount of eye strain. Or our eyes changing and focusing and refocusing, the uh, possible to 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 make right. sure that we're continually looking for game. Well, and the longer we're doing that, right, the more game we see just by by time. Well, here's the thing. So that clarity level, that clarity level that you're getting, that extra clarity level, that next level of clarity level that you're getting on there, is going to ultimately lead to less eye fatigue because Correct. it's that much sharper. The image is that much sharper that you're not. You're not fighting it. Your eyes aren't fighting it. Well, the less eye fatigue you have, the longer you glass. The longer you glass, the more you see. It's just the, that's just the evolution of it. That's what's going to happen. I mean, we're good, but no matter what we do, we're not going to be able to change an 80-inch coos deer to a 100-inch coos deer. Yeah. just doesn't happen. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Maybe we come up with that one, though, and we're going to sell out on everything. I've got a note here um, that while you were talking, headrest. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't get the headrest. I didn't use it this fall, uh, but Cody had I'm trying to think where I saw and used the headrest a little bit. Yeah, I think I, I can't I, remember if it was you or Joe that I used. The I headrest. think handheld. Uh, we did when we had it out when we were using right. the 12s and stuff like that right. too. Yep, hand holding with a headrest, it's, especially with the 12s. Oh yeah, especially for a guy that's hands have a little bit of vibration, it just adds that much more stability. So, I. Got to be honest, I thought it was a little bit, like, gimmicky. I thought, sure. come on. Sure. 
but it's actually pretty sweet. Well, it works. I mean, it's that extra point of contact, you know, that keeps that thing from tipping forward and right. back, forward and back. You, you're already rocking on your brows anyway. Right. It's almost you know? like when we talk about rifle shooters and trying yeah. to tell them to have, you know, three points of contact, yeah. and, you know, and adding that third point of contact is exact like. same. Yep. It's the same exact. type of principle. Same principle. Of, oh, yeah, yeah. Totally more stable. Same, same yeah. principle. 100%. 100%. I love the fact that th- it's available. Yeah. Um, when you're hand holding, without a doubt, I think it's, you know, if you're trying to limit your weight and limit everything sure. you're doing. And, yeah. If you were going to go tripodless. Yeah. Well, only, or, I, I hate even, we don't talk like that, Tom. <laughs> but no, but I mean, I know, I know it's I know taboo what you're topic. Saying, but it's like, come on now. Hey, there's there's some some not, hey let's not We've go got crazy. a zapper here. Okay. Zap him. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I, I, I think the, the, the important thing about that is, is that if, if you're going to do it, the headrest is an absolute. Why, why would you not have that? Right. Are now, you selling a lot of headrests? Um, I have been, and they're not. You know, mine haven't gotten here yet, right. so we're we're, we're still, still waiting, waiting for, for deliveries. More. But that's okay. It they'll come. Um, bottom line is, is that um, just and you know, I'm not even picking on it. I did not prefer the headrest when I was glassing off a tripod. I, it's almost not now, necessary yeah. at and, that and, point. And, and by the way, this is, the reason is is that I keep my my eye cups down. Mm-hmm. So I do want I. that perceived the feel in. of view. I, I put my eye cups all the way down or in. Mm-hmm. Um, and just with the the way that my Cro-Magnon monobrow, you know, old football helmet kind of you know weighs. Um, it, I, it, I just felt like I had too much pressure on the glass and I, yeah. I, I, I removed it and right. I was like, okay. So, um, for I me, think it's best for handholding. For handholding, absolutely. Sure. When it's on the tripod, it's coming off. Yeah. Cause when I have it on, like when and I have by my By the way, glass, it's super easy to come. Right. It, I mean, you can comes, take it right. Clicks, it comes right, clicks off. right on and off. Yep. But I'm with you. I'm like, it, when I have my glass mounted up on the tripod, I want as l- the least amount of human influence through the exactly. glass as I can possibly get. And Tom, so, therefore, not touching my forehead is good. Take us through the actual technology of the NLs, because I have a, had a lot of people ask me, well, what's the real difference in the actual <laughs> nuts, bolts, and guts? I couldn't tell you. I honestly cannot tell you, because I don't I don't know it. What is, I do know is that You mean has, they, they're not, they're not is, telling people? Is this people? the part of the Sarovsky, uh, no. the, the manufacturing plant, that there's a window? Not even. The size I, can, of a I can tell you that this, you know, this, that it has, you know, we have HD lenses in there. There's a feel, there's field flattening lenses in there. I can tell you all that. But how they actually make it work and better than, than the EL, I couldn't tell you. But is that, I uh, couldn't tell you because they're not telling people? But they, they wouldn't. Sh- yeah, I mean, they don't share that anyways. I mean, we'd, I, I couldn't tell you. Like, I, I mean, I, I rudimentarily know how SLCs work and ELs work, and I know the technologies that are in them, but I don't know how they interact with each other and talk to each other. And the same thing on the NL. I don't know how those interact with each other. What kind of prism are the NLs? It's uh, That's a good question. To be honest with you, I don't know. I know it's a new, it's a different prism design. You can obviously tell by the housing design that it's rotated around. It's not in a, a traditional, say, flat style type. It's it's been rotated around, but I couldn't tell you if, if you know what type of prism it actually is. And are they not telling people what kind of prism it is? They haven't released that information or anything. Nobody's told us what it is. And I don't. It's and, not. It wouldn't be a secret. I mean, it's just. I uh, to be honest, there's only really 
couple there's, different types of prism uh, designs out there anyways yeah, like the, three maybe like you know abby koenigs yeah. and then there's a modified Pic, you know uh, what is it peak uh can't think of the name of it right now right pecan or yeah but yeah there's only a couple that. different types of designs anyways and so you know they haven't stated and okay. i don't honestly believe that it's the most important part like i don't i don't think one over another per se has changed this up and made it so much better i think the other things have made it better like you know different lens you know technologies as far as how you cut them how you grind them whatever you do to them polish them coat them uh, obviously coatings are way important to us anyways that's our our most guardly guarded secret anyways are uh, but i think that i honestly think that just redesigning so when i go back to when we had the slc's and we had and then the new el came out this back in you know 2000s and stuff and the slc was a really good binocular and you're like how can you make it any better you know and we came out with the el and it was about three ounces lighter and it performed better and we're like how did you do that and it's like there wasn't really people ask most common question is the glass the same in the slc as the el well honestly no it's not because they're completely different designs and every lens is made for its model not made for the line for like a generic you know a 42 millimeter lens is not a 42 millimeter lens they're all made specifically for the model that they're going into and it could be even different from 42 to 42 like a 10 and a 12 and a and an 8 might not even have the same objective lens don't know that for sure but they probably don't because they each have a different job they're doing different things they have strengths and weaknesses obviously we're going to enhance the strengths and we're going to fix anything that would be considered a weakness if there was one so those things are going to be different so how did that slc or how did the new el at that time get better a new design on the body housing so the housing itself was more efficient with the amount of light coming in well, then we go from EL to EL HDs with field flattening lens. How did you change it up? Well, again, we had to redesign a lot of stuff. We're putting in new lenses in there. There's HD lenses in there. You got field flattening lenses in there. They can't all occupy the same real estate that they used to before. So therefore, we got to change things up and make it, you know, work around that. So again, enhancements and changes in the body design and housings happens. The NL, agronomically speaking, you know, it, it's got that neck down feel to it. It fits the hand differently. It's obviously not an EL housing, nor is it an SLC housing. So there again, more enhancements happen to the body, happen to the lenses that are going to fit in the body. How are you going to make them differently? So all of those things coming together. You well, get I think you your your term earlier of hourglass, truly, mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's the first glass I've ever seen. Sure. That really, I mean, that, that even has that yeah. remote shape. Because its side profile is absolutely an hourglass, you know, and that's that. I'm sure that with by changing the position of the prisms in there, the way they've been done, that we've been able to get rid of any extra void, any space that wasn't being used for anything. Like if it's just a dead air pocket or whatever, not needed, whatever, that's probably what's gone. That's why it gets this shape to it. But this was like a blank piece of paper start over from scratch don't take what we already know design it from the ground up when i was in, in austria in true fashion. when right. i was in austria i don't remember which time it was at swarovski when they were kind of telling us i was asking the background of swarovski mm -hmm. and you know back in the early 1900s type stuff mm -hmm. maybe even before that but like people have to understand swarovski 
has a whole nother branch. As hunters, we know Swarovski sure. Optic. But, sure. As know, hunters, we're talking wives, about a three to they five. Know the other one. <laughs> you know, a, a multi. Let's call it a multi-billion-dollar company that deals in Crystal. Swarovski Crystal. 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 And and that I remember them saying originally. The th- their claim to fame early on was they figured out a way to cut and polish. Mm-hmm. Now, correct me. That's tell me correct. if I'm wrong. Nope, cut and polish it. crystal yep. better than anyone with correct. a tool that it, there was this whole process yep. that they did it better than anyone. And they still do today. And, that, and that's what led to this that's what where we're to at this. today. So, like, I mean, you, if you, you can polish crystal, you can polish glass. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So using the same procedures and the same types of tools and the same, you know, methodology. And you're like, this is how we do it. So, I mean, you could, in theory, you could go out and you could reverse engineer just about every aspect of it. What you can't really reverse engineer, if you think about it, it's probably two things. You couldn't reverse engineer the process if you don't know what the process is to begin with. Because that's pretty, pretty guarded. Right. And the other thing you cannot reverse engineer is coding systems. There's no way to take them apart. You can't, you can't do anything with it. Sure. Chemically, molecularly, you could not take it apart and figure out what it was. Now, everything else, all about the hard parts, you could. You could make the measurements right. on the glass. You could buy glass of quality of that same level. You could do all of those things, but you couldn't make it that precise, that lens that precise. Mm-hmm. And then you couldn't code it the way it's coded yep. and come up with the same result. And that's the secret. To that's the, whole the thing. secret. Yeah. yeah. Yep. This is our 11 herbs and spices. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's that little extra the magic recipe. Yeah. yeah. The magic the, recipe. The biggest, one of the biggest questions I get, they say, okay, we've got the eights, the tens and the twelves with the NLs. When yeah. are the fifteens coming out? Who knows? I mean, I'll never. You, obviously, we we discussed how how quiet this was all the way up until the point of release, and you know, I'll never say never. I mean, it, it could. I suppose it could happen. I I'll just never say never because could they put it on that frame? In other words, could there be sitting right there a fifteen by? It couldn't be a fifteen by forty two. I well, wouldn't. Well, Tom think. may not say this, but I'll say it only because I'm the vendor looking at it, who's looked at a lot of different binoculars. quite honestly, the way that it's set up, I think it would be difficult to get that big of a tube on that. Yeah. I mean, looking at the way, yeah, I'm not saying it couldn't. I just, in this, in this format, the way it is, I don't know. I mean, you could put a 15 in there. It'd be, it could be potentially 1542. I don't know if there's any gain or whatever, but one of the things that would never happen, we are never going to compromise any quality over a sales figure sure. over a number or, or the ability to sell something right. that, you know, people think they, they want or need. I call it the Swarovski wow factor. Yeah. If we can't wow it, we're not yeah. going to bother, you know? And so I, we wouldn't do it halfway. It'd have to be full on, got to work, got to be as good as every other piece there is, or it's just not going to be done. Right. I just, I'll never say never. Cause I didn't know. I, I would have never said we could have put a 1242 together. Sure. So what I tell people when they say that is it's Swarovski. Never say never. Yeah. Yeah. And we're constantly reinventing ourselves. I wouldn't sit there and wait by ourselves. the door and, mm. you know, we'll just sit there and waiting for it. But you never say never. No. And we're you, always reinventing ourselves yeah. 100% yeah. and reinventing the way things are done, the technology. Like, you know, uh, 
to the level that it is, we're, we're constantly improving upon what's already good. Sure. We're going to take it to a, a next time. Who knows? A couple of years from now, three years, whatever it is, that time frame. We're going to sit here today and say, it can't get any better than this. And you and I will have a conversation. Cody and I will have a conversation. We're going to come back to this and go and go, I can't believe we did that again. Yeah. I got to eat crow. Yeah. Yep. Let's shift gears. Uh, Let's talk about this 115. Um, I've had a chance to use it, like I said, all of elk season. Phenomenal. Absolutely amazing. Crazy. Yeah. Well, let's let's maybe say that that there probably are some some people. I've actually had a few. Yeah, they haven't even heard about it. That, that Jay, they didn't even know that the 115 was was released. It was a thing, yeah. So, I will tell you that as a as a person who's been selling Swarovski now for probably pushing 12 or 13 years, mm-hmm. um, for them to have a mid year release number one, true, of one is pretty miraculous. Yeah, it's pretty rare. It's you know, yeah, it's we don't rare. we don't do it always. But for you to have two mid year releases, yeah. That's pretty special. Yeah, with basically, if you and think about it, four different products and the in that fact same that they time. they took the X series and gave it a new, let's just call it Big Brother mm-hmm. um, or Papa or whatever you want to say to it. It uh, just the fact that they released two new products and gave it to us mid year is uh, has been pretty phenomenal. Yeah, it, and, it, and and of course in this year. I mean, obviously this year is nothing COVID. normal about this year. Ugh, so yeah, yeah, to be able to do that and still introduce them, still take a chance with with an uncertain time, yeah, that's pretty phenomenal. Yep. But, so you you've know. got a one fifteen millimeter objective lens, mm-hmm. which is the big brother to the ninety five millimeter objective lens, yep. which I've been using since it came out. Right. Um, So I'm a big fan of the STX eyepiece, the straight eyepiece uh, with the 95 millimeter. And then I started using this 115 millimeter. And also the thing that jumps out for me is the BTX. I use the twin Swarovski spotters, Mm -hmm. 65 65 millimeter, the old STS eyepieces with the 25 to 50s. Yeah. But I will tell you. In the BTX, in my opinion, now my biggest gripe, and I, I've, you know, been saying it for a long time. I'm, I like everything straight. Yeah. So the only thing I don't like about the BTX eyepiece is angled. Right. But what I will tell you is, in my opinion, this 115 on the BTX, it like it balances better sure yeah to me weight wise it does optically the btx with the 115 objective is the best in other words it rounds out the btx for me and makes the btx right very very comparable where i'm between the btx and my twin swarovski spotters for what i use on my long range glass Mm mm-hmm Whereas the 95 BTX, I was still leaning towards the twin spotters. I still use them both. Right, right. But I'm telling you, with the 115, with the BTX, it is phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, it it truly does. A, it balances out that whole, that system as far as weight goes and light gathering. Yes. Really and truly. Because, yes. I mean, I think that's what, if there was anything about the BTX that would have been, you know, that I've heard or people would say is a drawback would have been that it, it's just not as bright as my single eyepiece on the sure. on the 95. And, you know, I mean, that's a that's the same one light column coming through straight through right to your eye. 
no splitting of it. And right. that's where the BTX splits it, and it's got to divide that light coming through to your eye, both to the left and to the right. And there's where that, if there's going to be a, a, you know, a drawback, that's where it's at. But then when you increase that objective size to that 115 millimeter objective, suddenly that is gone. Yeah. The amount of light it comes in. Well, and there's two things that happen due to this 115 millimeter objective. A, you got more light. That's the obvious. It's a big light funnel. It's going to get more light to the eye. But the sweet spot in the center of the lens has suddenly grown Just larger too. Exactly. Yeah. The percentage it's of It's almost increase. like a tennis racket. When your tennis oh, racket yeah. size, you know, when you go to a bigger racket, your sweet spot gets bigger. Right, right. You know, and, and that increase on there, I actually have this, this chart that breaks it down. But uh, you're looking at, uh, let me see, what did I, one of the comparisons we did. When you look at diameter of the lenses, when you look at them, the, you map that lens and figure out how much bigger it is in comparison to the 95. It is, um, I thought, didn't you say it was 40? So it was a crazy number. Yeah, it's. It is 47% surface area larger than the 95. So you only like you only think you think in this this uh, this linear 95 to 115, and you go, that's eh, not that much. It's only 15 millimeter, yeah. 20 millimeters. 20 millimeters yeah. isn't that big, but when we look at surface area of that 20 millimeter band all the way around the 47 percent, 47 percent. Yep, 47 percent. That's huge. That's yeah. giant. You know, and it's, I mean, it's obviously bigger, but it's not that much bigger. I mean, it's, you know, it's a little, it's longer than the 95. Obviously, it's girthier than the 95. It yeah, weighs it's, more, it's, but it's it? not, we, it's like not three, 47% bigger, right, sure. exactly. heavier yeah, yeah, than the exactly. 95. When I switch from the STS-80 to the STX-95, cranked it up to 70 power, mm -hmm. I first thing I told Cody was I can't believe <laughs> how good the 95 is on Whoa. full power. Sure. We've never seen anything like that. Right. It, on the STS, it seems like I had to keep it around yeah. 55. Right. And when you went to max it out to because yeah. it was 20 yeah. by 60, when you got to that 60, kind of I, I found myself backing it down. And I, I've used the 95 millimeter for several years. This, I mean, as soon as it came out, I've been using it ever since. Crank it to full 70 and you don't lose anything. And that's that increase And that's what I've seen with right. this. Yeah. You crank it to full power and it's an even bigger difference. Right. So this the whole modular series, I mean, like, it has that modularity aspect to it. And that is an awesome thing. But that's the, not, the number one feature. The number one feature of the X-series scopes is, honestly, it, its level of clarity, its its sharpness. It's all of those things that make the difference between an SLC and an EL or an EL versus an NL. It ain't just about the housing or the body or the, you know, the, the neck strap or the eye cups right. or whatever. It's honestly about the image quality. And that is the number one takeaway on the X-series scopes is it's that level of image quality the byproduct or side product of that is the modularity aspect of it correct that's the that's like the secondary thing you know so th this is in in essence the modularity or the modular spine scopes the x-series body scopes is is the difference between going from an slc with hd lenses much like the hd spotting scopes of the s series mm -hmm. and going to an el 
that has field flattening lens, which the modulars do, and HD lenses, which the modulars do, and a whole new design to enhance our image quality and just take it to that next level. And that is truly the story in that in the in the X series right. scopes. And I think it shines in the 115 oh, yeah. as it did in the 95, right. but I think it even shines more in the 115 sure. when you start cranking your power. Correct. And right. As oh. you, with with a lot of other manufacturers when you start cranking your power, oh it kills the image. It, that's when it kills the yeah, image. Yeah, it just it milks it out. I mean, if you're not starting with that cleanest, sharpest quality image right from the very beginning, the more power you add and the more mirage you add, the worse it gets. It just turns it into soup. Well, I, I would tell you that when when Tom and I went out and and put the 115, because the, my first thought was the BTX. Mm -hmm. And I, because, you know, there were some guys that were saying, oh, the, you know, the 95. And, and, and I never not liked it. I loved it because I didn't want to carry the, 13 pound or 11 oh, well, pound yeah, options yeah, yeah. so yeah yeah you know i don't I, not even to get into those but right. i was like oh man this is you know this is really going to be interesting what this really does and when you and i put those on and we were in mid, we were in good light sure yeah midday but 11 o'clock i mean there i mean even at that time frame it was there was no doubt in my mind what we were seeing right that image and clarity level go up on that 115 to a level that even if you've got mirage out there you can see you're like right through it exactly like mirage always washes out an image it always takes the edge off of things it softens all of that image up but with this 115 we were able to look like straight through it and get like to the meat of what we were looking at with only really the m level of mirage right where we were looking instead of 700 yards it, worth it, of mirage exactly. and everything in between. We were like right to that, you know, on that spot. Yeah, uh, it, it, it was. It definitely changes the game it was as far as that goes. It was immediately noticeable. Yeah. And I've been a huge fan of the BTX right from the word jump. Regard, I, I'm, I have not used the twin spotter scope systems and stuff. My IPD does not let me. They're too wide for me anyway. So I'm, I've been a big fan of the BTX. And I've been a big fan of the combination of, say, using my 1250 ELs mounted on tripod and the BTX for coos deer hunting. Mm -hmm. And I, and I love that combination. It's a, it's a great I, the combination. only problem with using awesome. the BTX in general for coos deer hunting is you're, you're out glassing far beyond your capabilities. You start glassing in a thousand yards. The next thing you know, you're at 4,000 yards and you're like, Tom, this is not even possible that's, today. That's what I call tomorrow glassing. All right. We're, <laughs> like we're glassing goes, right what, into what, tomorrow. What are you looking over there for? And I'm like, well, we'll get to those tomorrow. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and that's what happens. And so now, and, and so with the I've, 115, it's, we'll get to those it, next it, week. Yeah, yeah. That, that'll be, yeah. Yeah, that's the next week. And right. that's really that level of clarity is going up to that point where it's like, yeah, that, yeah, I can see there's something over there. Now I'm taking it to that level. I'm going, oh yeah, we're not even going to try to wait till tomorrow. We're going to go today. What do you say to the guy that says they've seen a comparison? Cause I got a question here on my Instagram. I got a few more I want to ask you, but. What do you say to the guy that says they've put the 95 and the 115 up against each other mm -hmm. side by side on a tripod and they don't see the difference? What do you say to that person? Mm. 
So keep it clean. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Cause so that happens. I mean, I see it all the time. I have that happen in binoculars too. Like people will pick up brand a brand B and they go, I just don't see the difference. And I say, that's, I, I get that, but let's, let me give you some pointers of what you should be looking at. And these are the things that these are things that you look at. And then that's how you judge all things from that point on. So if I give you, you know, if I say you should look at color, you should look at clarity, you should look at fine line detail. You should look at close focus. You should look at, you know, how crisply I can get the focus. You should look at that level of washout in an area of distance. If I like when we talk about Mirage, if I, if you look at it with this and you look at it with that, can you see the colors? Can you see the fine lines? Can you see that clarity? So those are the things that I tell. So I, I educate what you should be looking for. And, it, and it's the same no matter what. It's the same if you're looking at a binocular. Right. It's the same if you're looking at a spotting scope. It's even the same if you're looking at a rifle scope. You got to look at color. You got to look at clarity. You got to look at contrast. You got to look at hard, sharp lines and see if they are hard, sharp lines or if they got rounded, softy edges. You got to look at the edge to edge because it ain't just about the center like we talked about earlier. You can't, it's, you know, getting the center clean and crisp and sharp. That's exactly. pretty easy. Get it all the way out to the edges. That's where it becomes difficult. Or if there's going to be a difference in that, how big is that? Is it a small little spot of clarity? And then it goes, we call it the bubble of clarity. One of my coworkers has, has coined that phrase, the bubble of clarity. Is that bubble of clarity, you know, X big or is it Y big? You know, right. is it, is it even well, all the way to the very edge? And those are the things that you have to look at in the middle of the day. You can't compare light. That's one thing that you just can't do. You can compare all those other things, clarity, sharpness, contrast, that focus, crispness, all of those things. You can compare those. But you can't compare light quality because they're all going to get light to your eye in the middle of the day. We got perfect light right here, right now. You couldn't tell the difference between them. But you could tell the difference between color if it was red exactly. or orange. And it was the same thing you're looking at. Is it kind of washing out? Greens and browns, are they separated? You can tell those things. End of the day, beginning of the day, that's where you're going to see light gathering and there's no doubt there's no doubt 115 millimeter objective will gather more light than the 95 same power power for power i used it all of elk season i can tell you there is no doubt it's at low light you're that 115 is shining i have put the 95 side by side with the 115 in the dark to look at the moon a full moon and I'll be honest with you, on the 115, it's it's almost too much. You're looking at say, a very white orb on a full moon at 115, and it's a lot of light. But you you'll get used to it because the amount of detail that you're seeing blows your mind to to just map the moon, study it, look at all those craters, look at all those fine lines, all of that stuff blows your mind yeah, the see, initial I, I never first thought, blush is bright as can be I, I mean i never thought that and in you know jay when you and i did that first podcast when the 115 or i'm sorry the 95 came out and you know we were in the field and glassing at deer at, i mean literally at first light mm -hmm. I, i'm not going to sit here and tell you that the that the 95 just blew everything away it didn't blow it away what I thought was is that the two pieces that we were comparing that day, I, I never felt the contrast, resolution, and th those things were compromised. It, it, it was that that other piece was, you know, it, it just felt like it was a hair brighter. But was it color? Was it? I didn't know what. I mean, 
but it wasn't like I couldn't see the the antlers off of the one versus. No. I mean, we we were seeing the same thing. Yeah, one one was a little brighter, but it wasn't. It wasn't like fifty percent brighter. Right, it it's wasn't, not like night and day it, I mean, differences. We're, we're talking incremental change, minimal. And now the one fifteen, it, it's not even. Yeah, it's not an incremental change it, there. Correct. It's it's a it's a little bit more of a jump but, than incremental. But now with the one fifteen, I think it, it it becomes a more incremental jump to me. Over the ninety five. Correct. Well, not like crazy, but you know. I just I, I think that when 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 we tested that 95 that day against the you know the other big eyes I just thought it was pretty a, a it was pretty close in terms of brightness mm-hmm. but I never felt like the 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 BTX gave up the 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 resolution or clarity or or or, or color even right so but I, you know, and again, the 115, I think it just enhances all of that. Sure. By, by I don't know what the percentage is. I think it's is, a whole step. I look at it as like a step well, up. Well, that's, yeah, that's I what I'm saying is, is that the 115 up. is definitively, it's a step up. That, yeah. I guess if. And that's what I see in it when right. I look through it, when I look at color, clarity, sharpness. Again, I, I look at it from a different eye than some. I look at it from a judging eye of what, how I grade all glass. No matter whose it is, if I put it in my hand, I have certain criteria I'm going to look at. These are the steps I'm going to go through to look at it. I don't just, ah, oh, and just look. I got, I got things I'm looking for in particular. Right. I'm going to look at letters. I'm going to look at colors. I'm going to look at hard line edges, all of those things. I'm going to do the exact same thing, whether it's a spotting scope, a binocular, or a rifle scope. It's all just different distances, possibly, or, you know, or the different wherever I happen to be. But I'm going to look at all of those things and, and grade them. And, and, you know, and in my opinion, that 115 just absolutely enhances contrast, enhances color, enhances right. that clarity in a giant bigger bubble than ever before, right up to the very better edges in a diff- in different ways of layering. I can actually definitively focus layers from layer to layer to layer. I, I use Mirage a lot as a judgment of wind for what I do on the other stuff I do, which is competitive shooting. I take that and I'll break down the layers of mirage to tell which way wind is going sure, and stuff. Absolutely. And I can slow focus through that, just chunk, 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 right to my target and then break that all out, you know, and, and, and learn from that. And that's what I find I can do on a 115 versus, uh, and I'm not saying I can't do it in the 95. I can just do it better. Better. I can right. just do it another level. And especially with the BTX. Because again, with the BTX, what the two for me eyes. the big draw was the two eyes, getting that depth perception, getting that three D esque view uh, of a two eye spotting scope versus a one eye spotting scope, game changer. Take up, you know, br- bring up all of those levels of contrast, color, all of those things, and clarity, and bring them up another level by putting one hundred fifteen on there. Game changer. Yeah, and, and by the again. way, to do, again, because I keep, I, I mean, I'll, I look at the, 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 the total weight of that. You're, you're, you know, seven and three quarter pounds. Right, right. And, and you, at the, with the ninety five and the BTX, you were at just over six. Mm-hmm. And, and the closest competitors, I mean, they're they're not even on the same. No, you know, they're, we're six pounds, six pounds lighter. Absolutely. So yeah. I, I, I just, to me, it's 
it's it's a win win win. I mean, <laughs> agreed. Well, and, and there's I mean, more to it than just that. that sure. That six pound lighter, as far as the combination BTX one fifteen, also changes the tripod that you use, which will also become lighter. Right. So it's, if you're absolutely. using if you're using a thirteen it's a pound force multiplier, right? If you're using a thirteen pound product, you can't use it on the same absolutely. style tripod that you you know lightweight tripod you're just that's numb. one thing that you know i've been talking to you about is mm -hmm. and you've got a new head for me over here that we're looking at um is the sure va5 mm -hmm. um which i've been using with the 95 when i step up to the 115 mm -hmm. in non-windy conditions it works pretty good sure. Um, but you add a little bit of wind. I need just a little bit. So I went to that 833 slick, the yep. bigger leg. Yep. And I'm going to go, I'm searching for a little bit bigger head. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where we can gain some improvement. I've got some questions here while I've got you guys. Um, and some of these will be Swarovski related. Some of them might just be glassing or, or other, um, other glassing questions here so let's let's run through them if sure. you guys will yeah and then we can come back if we feel like we've missed anything um tips for glassing in snow or fog hmm dress mm. snow dress warm yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, to be honest both of those things snow and fog degrade an image quality right away yeah, absolutely so you got to start with the sharpest cleanest image right from the beginning so that those things don't dumb it down so like i always say that mirage mirage is like the equivalent and a mirage is no different than snow no different than fog they all have you know they all have a detrimental effect on image quality so i say always start with the cleanest sharpest image and then when it softens the image it's not as softened if you start with a milky cloudy washed out image to begin with and then add any one of those three outside influences on it image goes away Yep. image goes away so always start with that super sharp image so one of the mistakes that people will make is they want a spotting scope so bad but they don't want to step the spotting scope's a big investment it can be expensive so they'll buy a spotting scope that doesn't quite have the image quality that it needs or should have and make a sacrifice and then when you add any one of those three factors to it, it just completely kills the image. Spotting scopes already are affected by those those three detrimental effects because of their higher magnification. Right. They're, they they kind of they hit them harder right. than it does on a binocular. You their would be, weaknesses show quickly. Correct. Yeah, a hundred percent. They would be better served by spending their instead of buying a poor quality spotting scope by a higher level binocular of higher magnification, yeah. higher level, put it on a tripod. And I think what you're saying, too, is in snow and fog, go with the lower magnification. For sure. Don't go with yeah, the yeah. cranked up magnification. Yeah, because that's going to give you a better quality of image anyways, is lowering that magnification. So lower it back. But you've got to start with a clean one to begin with. You've got to start with exactly. pretty sharp image before those things happen to it. You know, when he's saying tips for glassing in the fog and snow, I think about at the Ot 6 Ranch, some days when we get moisture at all at the Ot 6, if you get up in elevation, sure. you immediately get in fog. So not even talking from a glassing perspective, but just from a tip of just get to a lower elevation where you can see as that fog starts to lift, move yourself up, whether yeah. it be by vehicle or hiking, get up higher, but you've got to get down 
if you know when you wake up in the morning and you get out of your tent or your cabin or whatever you're doing and you see fog, you have to pick a spot that you're going to go to that's not going to be foggy. Right. I know that sounds obvious, but it's pretty clear. Well, if you know it's going to be foggy, go lo- as low as you possibly can <laughs> to s- still be on the mountain where you want to look. Or stay out of those low valleys. Don't bother glassing down into those low valleys where that fog is hanging down in there. Stay up on that higher edges and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, It'll if burn got, off eventually. Yeah. It depends if you've got a fog level that's low and if you can get above it, mm-hmm. then go above it. But if you've got a fog level that is, you know, starts as clouds come down and yeah. push down, you Stay can also that, get below it. Stay below it, yeah. Um, tips for glassing a narrow drainage with thick timber patches and smart deer. <laughs> bush by bush. <laughs> bush by bush. Just, Don't yeah. overlook that short stuff first. Yeah. Man, that's where those little sneaky boogers will hide right there. Now, you're out. You're get, you got binos. I got a glass a long ways. I and agree. like. 30 yards in front of you is a buck bed down in there because he knows it's thick. Well, and I think that's a good reason to potentially also have your binos and use, you know, handhold them a little bit. Sure. Look around, look First close. First thing and, I do. You know, look at everything real close, then go to your tripod. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you're carrying 10s, maybe if you're carrying 15s, start with your 10s on a tripod, then go to your 15s. And that, that's the first thing I do. I walk into a spot, get established, start glassing. Short glass, hand glass. Work that, look at that. Exactly. I'll even look at the long stuff with the hand glass. Don't see anything obvious? Get out the tripod glass. Start picking it apart layer by layer. But intermittently during that process, I'll pull, go back to the hand glass and just make sure. Keep checking. S- yeah, something gets up. Something sneaking around or it was bed down the whole time. It's sitting right there. Next question. What is the best tip to help you slow down while glassing? I always catch myself going too fast. That. Well, that is, well, if, and for certain people, that is, that is absolutely sometimes almost next to impossible. And I, I would, I like to tell people there's times and places to be fast and not. Sure. So, I think the time of the day dictates it. Yeah. Um, the, the area that you're in, do you know it well? Do you know that there's deer in the area? I mean, like. I start to think about like if I know if I was there yesterday and I know that there's deer there, I can maybe, you know, be a little faster and a little less, you know, uh, uh, methodical about it. But I think it, you know, in just normal glassing situations, I think you just have to force yourself almost to to grid. I, I mean, yeah, it, you just have to compartmentalize it. And I would tell somebody, if you're not going to grid it out compartmentalize it okay i'm gonna glass this slope and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go off the edges and i'm gonna hit this and i'm gonna look at every single piece of that and then i'm gonna pick the you know the next ridge or the the next slope or whatever it is and i I think sometimes you have to play games with yourself like that and and maybe you got to do like a like a jolly rancher right so you got (laughs) so you start glassing with a jolly rancher and you're not allowed to move until that jolly rancher's gone (laughs) i like it I like and then move to the next one, way, and you can't chew it because that completely moves your head around too much. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. So then, once you've got that Jolly Rancher gone, you can move your glass to the a different field of view, another Jolly Rancher. I like it. One thing I think about is to make yourself slow down. Start focusing on detail. Oh, for sure. M- meaning, just start breaking stuff down. Break a bush down. Break exactly. rocks down. Yeah. Start breaking and slowing things down. Letting your eye instead of just washing over it. Say, there's a little bird. That bird's got a little red on it. That bird, and just start yeah. really slowing down. 
for coos deer specifically, if I'm not seeing deer, I just tell myself, slow down. And yep. almost always within a few minutes, I pick it ear flick yeah nose twitch I, I, I like the bird thing too because for whatever reason i've just always when i find birds i'm not i'm not saying they're always together but i just seem somehow when i find birds i find i find deer little rabbits just little little, something, something, yeah. I mean, just i can it's just that i don't know <laughs> i'm an impatient individual so i understand that about getting too fast and moving around too fast. And it's tough when you're not seeing anything movement. You see no movement. You're like, I'm bored. What else? There's got to be something here. I'm missing something. And so you're like on to the next thing. Sure. And I'll go back to where I started. You got to slow down. Do it again. Move on. Go back. Slow down. Do it again. And then I'll start to study. Obviously, in the open ground, it's easy to glass through it and go, I see nothing in the open ground, in the grass. Go back to those clumps of trees and those mesquite piles and stuff like that where you're like, okay, I'm going to pick this thing apart until there's nothing left to pick apart. I'm going to look at every branch that looks remotely close to an antler, an ear, an eye, or whatever. I'm going to pick out those little fine details. And if I can go through that and unequivocally say, I see nothing that looks like any detail that resembles that, I will move on to another one. Best binoculars for people who wear glasses while glassing. Well, all of ours, all of ours are glasses friendly. Yeah. I, well, and even more specific, <clears throat> would you say, um, you know, glass eye cups down? Out, oh, a hundred percent glass eye cups, down. eye cups down. One of the things that I, we've and changed. I think that's something it's good to, I've seen people with glasses 100%. pick it up at a, at a trade show and they're trying to look yep. and the eye cups are, are out Yep. and well, they just don't know. There was a time when I would have said hundred percent. If you got glasses on, eye cups all the way in. If you don't wear glasses, eye cups all the way out. It's one of my first qualifying questions when yep. I hand somebody a pair of glass that has a pair of glasses on. Do you wear your glasses exactly. to use a pair of binoculars? If so, then let me show you how to set this up. That was what I used to say. Now, with the way our eye cups are, all of our eye cups on the newer stuff have multiple stops on them. Exactly. So even somebody with glasses might have their eye cup out just a hair. Because depending upon their shape of their face, the size of their glasses, and so on. How far on. their glasses are from their eye. Correct. Yeah, they and still it's all the relationship, it. and all you're, all you're doing is manipulating the eye relief. Correct. It's, just, it's that eye relief and pulling that eye from your eyes. or you know, It's basically we're, we're wanting to get the, the, the best uh, distance, maximized distance from the center of this lens to the center of your lens of your eye. Not, your, not necessarily your glasses, but to your eye. And so if we can get that optimum distance there... With the eye cup that's out slightly, that so be it. That's it. There's no hard set rule, but in you know rough terms, uh, you want a, any pair of glass that has the adjustability of the eye cup. There are still some out there that do not. So, any glassing tips with heat waves is the first question. And what are your thoughts on Riten optics? Heat waves, Tom. Well, heat waves is like fog, snow. It's all about. Well, best quality image to start with. You yeah. gotta start with the sharpest, cleanest, best it, contrast and best color to begin with, so that the mirage does not and I th wreck it. Think well, that, in other, in other, well, not to interrupt, but inter um, if you're looking through a 65 millimeter spotting scope or a 115, which is going to be better in the heat waves? Well, I'm going to say the 115 because the size of the objective is going to give it better clarity and sharpness. So again, that's we're going to start with the sharpest, cleanest image exactly. before we add the the trash that's i call that trash in the air well, and before we add that i always would tell somebody to to combat that 
get above ground. Well, I mean, sure. Get 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 as high as you can sure. above the surface that you're yeah, trying to look at because it's you're just trying to minimize right all 100%. the other conditions. The only so, place so we never get rid of mirage. There mirage is everywhere. Even in the snow, there's still mirage. And if you're at ground level, if you're on the ground, you're looking across the ground that the sun is reflecting off of, the heat is coming off of, you're going to see mirage. There's only one place you don't see mirage. If I was standing on the edge of a body of water, looking across a body of water, we don't pick up mirage across the water because the temperature change, but we get it off the ground. So if we can get above it, and we're glassing from a canyon edge to the other side of a canyon, we're not going to have as much mirage as we're going to have if we were on the floor, glassing across the floor. So lower magnification, start with a cleaner, sharper image to begin with, and try to get off of the ground level where that mirage is at. Okay. Yep. Next question here. How much better... Wait. Uh, looking to buy Swarovski 12 power binos, glassing for coups in thick country, EL or NL? <laughs> you know, um, I, 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 my, my thing would be is, is that, you know, we don't know what he's got. Is he using an 8 for a, a chest binocular? Is he using a 10? Um, I, Look, I'm not gonna lie that I don't. I, I've fallen in love with the 1242s, but also the 1250 ELs are one of my favorite pieces of glass. Um, when you know, when testing the 1242 versus the 1250 EL, the, the one thing that was apparent is that I, I believe the 1242 NL did more with less. And, and stayed through the darkest time into night. Um, I, I I was very surprised that it hung with the the, the EL. Um, I, I mean I I might tell a guy that if you're solely going to glass with the 1250 off a tripod, I I, I might tell him to stick with the the 1250, just because the size, weight, stability, um, you know, for a glassing. But then there's that part of me that's like, well, I mean, if you're going to use them for chest and I, I, it, it kind of depends on the situation that he's really that. I mean, guys, I don't know if you realize what's happening right here, but that's how definitive and how slim we're making decisions now is that, you know, I, I got to know exactly what that guy's using to give him the best information that works for him because, I, I'm not sure. I mean, just off the cuff, I'll tell you 1242 NL. I mean, I would what, too. Co co cover everything with everything. Yeah. I but, mean, it's like there's no downside. Yeah. The, yeah there's I mean, only upside to it. Lighter yeah. weight, smaller profile. Everything about it is an upside. Now, is there is there anything wrong with the 1250? Absolutely not. Yeah. yeah but, I mean, you know, it's, but we can get it done with less, like you said. You I mean, right now you're at 2869 for price on the 1250s. Mm -hmm. You're at, you know, 3099 for the. You know, for the NL, so you know we're you know talking three hundred bucks here. So I mean, I would wait if if I couldn't get it. Yeah, I, I mean, if it, it was the idea of that I have to save three hundred extra bucks, I'm gonna save three hundred. I'm bucks. sorry, I'd I'd, I'd 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 probably save the three hundred bucks. Hmm. Yeah, it's just more. You, know, you I think you're doing more with less. Where do you see the technology in glass going? More clarity, more light gathering, increased power. So you, my honest, none of those. I, I wouldn't say none of those because 
obviously we're always going to work on image quality, but I think really the key is doing more with less. I think that's really yeah, where I the technology is going to go. Absolutely, It's going to be, it's getting to that, it, you know, it, much like computer technology, phone technology, camera technology. Well, How I mean, can we make it smaller, lighter, faster, cleaner? Exactly. All of those things. So doing more with less. So really that's where it's at. I don't think we're going to do like if you can I don't think you need magnification if the image quality is super sharp clean and crisp right from the get-go you don't have to blow it up as big to see as much detail if it's already clean like I don't think we need to make a 30 power binocular to be to to get to the next level what which what we have for magnification out there already just clean it sharpen it crisp it more even more than it already is if it could be done do that and then it will it will you know, it'll be perfect. Differences between the S the SLC and ELs in 10 by 42. Not well, only differences in design, but differences in glass, etc. cetera. Uh, I, you know, I mean, the ELs, you got a magnesium body, you got a dual bridge. Same, same in it. Well, so well, I guess it uh, is. Those it, are designed. So yeah, both the, of them are magnesium yeah, bodies. Both, both magnesium. All right. So but both of them weigh relatively the exact same. They weigh the exact same thing. It used dual, to be a time when there would have been a three ounce difference between them, but that's right. not a true yeah, bar. Now they're bridge, the same way. Dual, dual bridge, bridge versus, single bridge. Exactly. That's a design change. But optically speaking, you have one with HD lenses, and the other one has HD lenses and field flattening lens in it. So it has two extra. So it has like, one extra lens over the SLC. Tom, do you do you consider? I, I guess it would be like saying that there's just an extra filter in there. I mean, essentially, uh, right? Is I wouldn't that, say a filter. Is it a because, filter? No, I'd say it's an extra. It's a it's an extra focusing, like an extra clarity level. Okay. Because so I got not you. only so both of them have the ability to make the center clean. Only one of them has the ability to make the center clean and, and the, the edge. edge. Take you. it right to the edge with no distortion, color fringing, you know, n none of that. It's just sharp, crisp, no bowing of the image, sharp and crisp, right to the edge. The one thing I always get from people with the when they compare SLC HD versus EL HD and Swore vision lens, field right. fighting lens, is they the one thing that they say is the field of view looks bigger, and it's not. It's just usable. So you have yeah, a exactly. more usable yeah. field of view right to the edge. The human eye is only going to to evaluate that image based on its clarity level, or you know, what I mean, everything after that. This is just noise. If it's not sharp and clean out the edge, it's just noise. It's just and, there. And some will say that the that the SLC is brighter. Occasionally, you hear somebody say that. I mean, that's. I, I, I don't. I mean, that's a possibility. I mean, like if you if we look at mathematically speaking, that's that's a possibility. You know, no different than the NL twelve forty two versus the twelve fifty. Mathematically speaking, the amount of light gathering by a fifty is right. going to outdistance a forty two, but there's no disputing the clarity level is different. It, and if it, the clarity level is sharper, right. then it doesn't really matter how much light we have. So I. So my analogy I have is now that I'm of the age where I need reading glasses, if I go to a restaurant that's dimly lit. You too, huh? Yes. <laughs> I just order a hamburger. I know they got one. I don't even have to look at the menu then. That's just give me the say, hamburger. What do you like here? Yeah, what waitress? do you like? I'll take your choice. Um, so having to have reading glasses. If I go to a restaurant that's dimly lit and we add just a little bit more light, that don't help me any. I, I still need more than just a little extra light. Now, 
if we're in that same dimly lit restaurant with the original light level and you give me my reading glasses, that's all I need. I just need the clarity. So clarity trumps light unless we get 100% more light, like daytime light versus nighttime light. Sure. If we were sitting in a restaurant right now and I had a menu in front of me sitting where we are right now, no problem. There's a lot of light right here. But we lower that light level, you better increase my clarity level or the font size. That's a that's a really good way of putting that. Got a question here. Couldn't find a mule deer buck last weekend that I had seen two weekends prior. My hunt starts Friday. There is water in the area. What are the chances he's left the area? I would answer that. It's, you know, roughly November 1st, depending on which state he's in. I don't think he's in Arizona. I think he's actually in Utah or Colorado. So that would tell me that the rut is coming on. I would worry, to, depending on elevation also, depending on weather, I would not, if it was Arizona and the guy's talking about a desert buck, I'd say he's right there. If this is Colorado or Utah, where you've got two <laughs> factors, you've got potential weather. We had a, yep. just had a big yep. storm that causes migration. And number two, uh, we've got a rut coming on. Just as we know with these coos deer bucks, as soon as that rut starts to come on, those bucks go from living in an 800-yard circle yep. to going off off the grid. So, yep. you know, I think you've got to enter it thinking that the buck's there. Uh, but if you've got other deer and deer tracks, you know, if, if there's snow on the ground and you can see tr lots of tracks and deer moving from high to low, I would be worried that your buck is gone the other thing is if you're starting to see any bucks at all nosing around does, that would always play in the back of my mind. Exactly. With that being said, I think you still have to go on the assumption that that buck is there until you have exhausted the resources to say, I need to start looking elsewhere. Yeah, mm -hmm. last known last known sighting. Yeah, start there anyways. That's start, your starting that's, point. Uh, yeah. And then start circling out from there. When Fun. glassing into shade for coos, what do they like to bed in most? Brush, trees, rocks, grass? Uh, well, I mean, typically speaking, you kind of, it, it almost seems like they seem to bed in places that they've bedded in, yeah. you know, a, a million times before. But, um, you know, that's an interesting question because I think it depends on a lot of stuff on the weather. Um, how, you know, I, I mean, if they're in the shade, I mean, you know, I've seen them bed right down in the middle of a, of a, uh, like a teal. Well, I mean, I, I mean, yeah, right I, there, uh, like, uh, how do you do that? Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, it, it's <laughs> crazy no what you there. see them do. Um, I look at cover. So wait. I look at shade and cover. So what's going to give them, uh, so shade, cover, and visibility. They're right. going to be in a spot where they got their shade. So they're cool. Got plenty of cover around them. So they're kind of hidden. But they have the visibility out there in their advantage point. So they can see from I'm where they're at and then, you know, kind of just But I just think observe. that they – I don't know. It, it. I mean, I don't know that – I mean, I've seen them paw places out. I mean, I guess it's just wherever they've, you know, wherever they've been, right? You know, you know mean, how the best way to figure that out? So – and I've learned this from – hiking up some pretty steep hills <laughs> and going i don't even know what you're doing up here dear but get up there and look around and where they're bedding down on their own turf and then that gives you an idea where to exactly. look when you're down on the lower side because once you're in that you're in this environment you realize how high the cover is no wonder he was bed there yes i could see him from my vantage point but nobody else I mean, could generally speaking like if you're walking in those places 
it's not like they just see a tuft of grass and just plop no. down and and blow it out. I'm not saying they don't do that, but generally speaking, it's 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 in a place that's like a, cleared out. And, it's like a bowl. There's yeah, some. There's a backstop. Nothing can sneak up on yeah, them from just, behind. They got themselves in a position where they've got a good vantage point. They've got good visibility and shade is going to be exactly. there for them. When he's asking what do they like most, I think one of the things to point out, you know, to have a discussion about, and I've tried to talk about it on other podcasts and talk about it on my Instagram is, and I think it's helped a lot of people out. And I've got a lot of feedback from the fact that a lot of times coos deer are going to pick where the thickest afternoon shade is day after day. In other words, if you look at a mountain or you look at a hill Mm. and you say, you know, from that one o'clock to four o'clock time range, where is that deer going to get the best benefit of the most shade for the longest period of time Mm -hmm. and where can that deer if if he needs to move to transition in different levels of shade can he bed here move down 20 or 30 yards and all of a sudden he's in a different spot um that's one thing i would think as far as trees grass rocks i don't think there's any magic formula other than it seems to me that they like to have some overhead cover whether that be ocotillo because Mm -hmm. ocotillo actually creates quite a bit of shade more than you would think if you think about standing in this bright sun or if you can get on a big thick ocotillo that's really thick and dense it's going to give you some shade right Um, especially in a grove of them where you've got You know, when you're standing next to one, you're looking at it going, how is there shade here? No, it's not just this one, but it's the 40 of them that are coming from up. And as the light gets lower, it's blocking it even more. And when you go to try and shoot through an Ocotillo thicket, you know what you're – and, you know, obviously this is an audio podcast, but we're all kind of doing with our fingers like it it gets to where it's opaque. You can't even see through it. Right, right. but, you know, the key is to get where you can look into those shady slopes where you can get an angle. And a lot of times I like looking down and across rather than looking up. I like to be above them oh, and yeah. looking down because I feel like you can look over the grass, sure. over the bushes. That's 100%. If you're in the low and you're looking up, you're glassing up the face of a hill you don't realize how tall that cover is. That's why they're there. Because when you get up in that cover and you're standing there on that trail or that bed spot and you're looking at it going, well, no wonder I couldn't see this deer that's just about the size of a German Shepherd. That from my angle down low, all that cover blocked everything. But from where I'm at, he could see everything. Absolutely. He has an optical advantage. Yeah, he has the advantage. He's got the high ground. He's got his back to something that somebody can't come in from behind. Mm Because, you know, obviously the predators are all looking for him, right? So he's going to be thinking that in his head. Sure. Predator. So nothing gets from behind. I'm in a position where I can constantly see. And I'm in a place where you're just not going to quietly sneak in there. You know what I mean? It's going to make some noise. There's some rocks around. It's going to make some noise as you're trying to get across them. Even in Ocotillos, you look at them and you go, why are they sitting, why are they in these Ocotillos? Yeah, you ever try to sneak through an Ocotillo Grove? You can't. You can't. (laughs) Right. It's funny how they can just slip through them like there's nothing. Um, I will tell you what, though. If you find Ocotillos. You'll find coos. Yeah, you you will. Generally find them. if, If they're there. Yeah. It's one of the first places I'm looking. 
Guys, um, it's been awesome having you both here. I want to give you a chance each to have, if you have any concluding thoughts or final thoughts, anything you think we've missed or just anything in general. But it's uh, great, Tom. I've known you for years. And yeah. Cody, obviously, I've known you for years. It's great to sit down and talk about two phenomenal products uh, by Swarovski this year. Um, you know, like I you just it's Swarovski. You never know what they're going to do. And, but true. you do know that it's always going to be quality. Wow. It's always going to have that wow factor. And, you know, sometimes they can be accused of taking their time. Well, but we, you but know we're, what? We're never going to release anything that's half done. That's right. And it's that's what I always say. 100%. If Swarovski's going to do it, it's going to be very good and it's going to be worth the wait. Yeah. Um, and I think they've done a phenomenal job with this NL Pure line and, and this new 115 objective. Uh, you've, I've, I'm sold on them as soon as I look through them and I'm going to be happy to use them and, and excited to use them. So I just, uh, I just love the fact that we're getting more and more options. It's great. Sure. As a consumer. You know, and, yeah. and you touched on it a little earlier about, you know, we have the, the versatility and, you know, I, I, again, I, I keep saying it, but it, it's kind of like the golf bag, you know, the, 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 the golfer gets 14 clubs in his bag and, you know, they, they're all different customized yeah, and, for different and, and, we're, and i'm sorry but we're we're getting that way with optics and it's I, and really I, hard to have just I, one yeah i i or love even it. two now i mean but i'll tell you the 1242 sure made it it may it does I mean, kind of narrow it, it, it down it, it though. starts you know it, it puts people in those 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 channels and well, i like it and i'm again if you said you can only have one right that's the one i'm gonna take it's I'm going to uh, take that 1242 NL. I'm not going to look back, and I'm pretty much – I don't think – I've not made a single mistake. Yeah, there's the guard dog. Look what the cat drug in. Kramer hunts. Get him, Poppy. Um, Tom, thank yeah. you Thank you for coming on. Yeah, uh, you bet. want to give you a chance if you have any final thoughts. And I got – I don't think I have anything. I appreciate you guys having me on. I really do. Uh, um, I do. You know, I'm excited about these products. I wish, you know, we could get out and show more of it to more people because that's one of the things that's probably people, the first thing they say, you know, it's like, man, I don't know. I really got to see it. Well, I can tell you 100% won't build any garbage. So <laughs> you pretty much know it's going to be good. That's for sure. You know, so take a leap. Cody, I appreciate you. Um, I know the listeners love having you on the podcast and I want to remind the listeners. And Cody's give- 50. No, yeah, he no, is 50. I am 50 yeah. today, boys. Um, I am 50. I want to give you a chance to let people know the best way to reach out to you. I know you're on those phones every day, um, all day, yeah. and um, I always recommend people text you as well. Yeah, I mean, you can text me, 602-399-3699. Uh, you know, the, the most assured way, to to get a message in. Um, you can, you know, text or call. Uh, but then, you know, the main line uh, at Go Hunt is uh, – um, uh, 702-847-8747, extension number two. Uh, that that 50 age is starting to show itself a little <laughs> bit. Um, but, and then you can do uh, you can email me at optics at gohunt.com uh, or you can email Cody at gohunt.com. Either way, um, you know, just uh, give us a call. Um, I'll give you all the information I got. I'll, I'll work through the best scenario for you. Um, Tom, I appreciate you coming out today. Yeah, you bet. Um, it's just, you know, again, guys, the versatility of everything we're doing, um, you know, be on the lookout. Gohan's got some good stuff coming in the works. Um, I mean, there's, you know, with Black Friday coming and all that good stuff, there's there's always stuff to be had out there. So 
But uh, Jay, thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's I been love fun, guys. Here. Yeah, God bless yeah. both of you. Yeah, yeah thanks. thank you. All right.